Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome back to Mindset Monday. We're the Snetty Brothers, your coast-to-coast mindset coaches, bringing you another great Olympic special and podcast of the week. Yep, so where we left off, we talked about all of the bouts except probably the biggest bout of the Olympics, Kyle Snyder versus Sajulayev. Before that, though, we got to say U.S. five for five. Five freestyle weights at the Olympics, five medals. That's uh, that's unprecedented, and that's that's really unbelievable given the quality of competition. All, yeah, all of which you could have potentially have won it. That would have good enough to have won it. It's crazy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we could we could have won five for five. We're getting there though. America's on pace. And, and I'm sure also beating the Japanese guy at 143 pounds too. That guy who won, he wasn't. I never heard of that guy before. Yeah, he's he's been in the hunt for a while, but I think um yeah, I, I think Yanni has a chance to beat him. I think Oliver has a chance to beat him. Zane Rutherford has a chance to beat him and, and a good chance, some of these guys. So yeah, I think we can go six for six next time. That which would be the ultimate, as Brands always said at Iowa. We want ten national champs, ten weights. So we want we want eighteen out of eighteen. We want to win all all Greco. We want to win all women's freestyle too. So go USA. All right, so we gotta get in this Snyder versus Sadjalayev. Um, you know, didn't go Snyder's way this time. What's, what's going on? Kale was way too emotional in the corner. <laughs> That's not what it was, but Kale did show kid. Kale was uncharacteristically worked up during the match. Curiously. He definitely was, um, more vocal than I've seen him before in the corner. Probably ever, probably ever. And he's obviously coached some big matches before. So that was interesting to see. I mean, Kale knows the magnitude of the moment of the moment and what being an Olympic champ does for you and, ever, and everything. And, you know, look, it was July. Clearly, he might have been the best guy who wrestled at the entire tournament. So it was it was a battle. It's always going to be a battle between those guys. Snyder was aggressive. He went after him. He didn't back down. What was he too aggressive in the second period? So he's down 2-0. 
And then twice he shoots a low single, really good low single, gets in. You think he was being too aggressive in the second period on those low single attempts? No, because you're in the Olympic finals and you need to go for it. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's one, of the, it's one of those things. You look at Yaz Donnie, who slowed down David Taylor. He's a, he has a guy with a high-powered offense. He tried to different, a different strategy, slowing him down. But I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know Yazdani the same way as I know, as I know Snyder. Snyder's an attack guy. Do, do what you do. I mean, you kind of live and die by the sword. Maybe it would have been different, but I'd go down swinging. Yeah, I mean that, that's what got him there, right? That's how he wins the Olympic trials, being aggressive. That's how he gets, he cruises his way to the finals, right? No one else was even. I don't know if anyone. I think somebody scored a takedown on him, but he crushed everyone else. So you got to the finals, being aggressive. He said, live by the sword, die by the sword. No, I don't think he was more aggressive. I got to ask the question, but I think um, Sajulayev is just that good, you know? Were, were we together? We were together when it was Johnny's baptism, wasn't it? Or Anthony's baptism, your son's? When, when Johnny's when, baptism when Kyle Snyder won his first Olympic gold medal. Yeah. Oh, that when he won the Olympics? Yep. What was going on when, when Snyder beat Sajulayev the next year? What, I feel like there was a fight going on. It was like McGregor fighting or... Something like that. There was some kind of big fight that was going. You know, Ray. Ray was at our house. Was at the house. I think. I think I watched it with Ray, and then you were. We might have been on the phone with you or something. Yeah. I remember we were working together. There's yeah, I mean those guys. They, they've had some battles, and and I hope that they have a lot more. So the other thing is, so the World Championships is going to go on this year. There's going to be a World Championship. Uh, Kyle Snyder committed. David Taylor, Heaven, Helen Maroulis, and Kyle Dake. So those those four are going to the world championships this year, which which is awesome. So we might see them compete. I I don't know. Do you think Sajulayev will go to the worlds this year? Probably not. I would assume most Olympic champs probably won't go. He might. Yeah. Sweet. Usually. For some reason I don't think he will. But at the same time, like you have an opportunity to win another world gold medal. That goes. That looks nice on the resume. You're you're in shape, right? It's pretty much just keep training for the next. The next few months, I think it's in, is it September or October? I mean, it's coming up within the next few months, the World Championship. So, I don't know. Is D is Dake going to look to get that guy who beat him? Or is, or is he going to go up? Wait, is he going to go up to so, 70? So, so to accept, you have to be in the same weight class. So, Dake will be at the same weight. Oh. Helen Rulis will be at the same weight. David Taylor will be in the same weight. And Kyle Snyder. How about Cox? Is he going to do it? I'm sure. Yeah, there's 10 weight classes, so he'll fit in. I'm sure he'll be in between. Yeah, he'll have to go in between Snyder and David Taylor because they automatically qualified. Uh, did, yeah, I think if you, win a, if you win a medal at the Olympics, you automatically qualify for the Worlds. So the only one, we don't know if Gilman's going. I, you know, they talked about him getting injured. So I'm sure if he can go, if he's healthy, he will go and compete because I think he could win the whole darn thing. So why not? But I think he was, he was bad on an injury, so... I don't know. And then, and then there's going to be a world team trials, you know, Yanni, Oliver, uh, Zane Rutherford, uh, Ashnault. Those guys are going to be back at it again. Suriano. Suriano. Well, no. Yeah. Well, if Gilman wants to go, he can go in that weight class. Right. Yes. I think they have until Sunday to, to commit. Yeah. August 15th to, um, to register. Otherwise, there's going to be an Olympic uh, world team trials at that weight. All right. But, um, Make sure you comment below if you, have, if you know any information that we don't know. Yeah. So back to the point being, being, can you be too aggressive? Obviously you can be too aggressive, but I, I don't think he was. He was in on two quality shots and he, you know, Sajulayev is just, 
a master when it comes to, I mean, all, really offense and defense. He's just a great freestyle wrestler. You know, he's about the total package. And, um, again, that's that's what got him there. So, you know, you, you got to go hard with it. And we've made some mistakes there too, right, being too aggressive in business? Of course. Yeah, we wind up putting our foot in our mouths every every three to six months it happens. No, but it's really it comes down to you're you're trying to you're trying to make things happen. You're trying to you're trying to make it work. We just had a recent situation with uh, Mass Mutual actually. We've been working with we're gonna be in with three of those organizations already, five with Northwestern Mutual. But I guess what people don't see behind the scene the, the scenes is all the effort that goes in. In wrestling you see people taking a shot, you know, looking for a turn on top in business. It look, the, the effort looks different. It's messaging a whole bunch of people that don't get back to you, getting blocked on LinkedIn and on Twitter for friending too many people, um, and tagging people on every picture and every post and constantly reaching out to people. So we're being aggressive in business. We connected. We tagged. What was your post that, that this happened? On? Yeah, basically, I tagged two people that were the same business, but I didn't realize they're actually within the business. They're still main competitors with each other. And they, they actually told me on the call, they're like, yeah, I was surprised that you tagged us with this person. Um, but that being said, that's that's how we initially got their business. We reached out on LinkedIn. So it's being aggressive on LinkedIn is what helped us to start that relationship. We had a little faux pas here. Uh, no big deal. We were able to, to bounce back from it. But at the same time, it's like sometimes being too aggressive can certainly hurt you. It's just a matter of, you know, if that's what got you there in the first place, live by the sword, die by the sword. And and learn, just be a fast learner. Yeah, and it's it's not bad. It's not bad for your spiritual, mental, and emotional development to eat a, eat a little humble pie every now and then. But which right. we don't seem to ever have a shortage of for ourselves. We have more than our share. But yeah, getting after it, making it happen, and ultimately you want to, you know, life's what did Joe Gallo say at our coaches convention? Don't play it safe. Save that for other people. So That's we're right. not being safe. Go after it and and learn fast. That's what we always say. Being fast learners. Yeah. So, so going back to Kyle Snyder, I think he, I think he wins a world title this year. I, I don't see Sabjalai being there, but I think even if he is, I think, I think Kyle Snyder can beat him. You know, if he's not in tip-top shape, if he's not where he needs to be, if he's not at 100%, Kyle Snyder's beating him. No, no questions asked. He looks good. He was getting to the lag gum, and I'm sure it's just little adjustments here and there. Show all of them. You know, interestingly, I, I'm gonna. Th- throw in um, Gable Steveson that match because I was watching the Gino Petratravelli, whatever his last name is. Close love, enough. Love the first name, Gino. But with, it, with him, I noticed with, it, with, with the five seconds left or whatever it was, he basically just took a bad shot. He, like, went to, he went to his knees and just tapped a leg. You could look at that and say that's aggressive. That wasn't being aggressive. That was like a timid half leg tap that he got spun around on. That's di- that's different than going after a shot. Like Kyle Snyder was taking full shots, got to the leg and got and got turned. But I mean, he just kind of went leg tap. I think he was just looking to grab the leg, hold on, and then you know pass the time away that way, rather than move your darn feet. Right, get in a stance. You <laughs> you block with your head and hands and move your feet back to the basics. Easier said than done against Gable Stevenson, and when you're dead tired, but. At the same time, you know, shortcuts usually come back to haunt you at the worst times. He's and he's just a Viking of a man. He's just a big, big dude. Is. It's like so. I'm thinking if you just circle around a little bit, you know, you, you hold him off and you win and you win your whatever second or third Olympic championship. But hats off. Right. Hold on, I got I got to bring this up. David Taylor's interview. Uh, Chris Ressa, Gene's teammate at at Rutgers, he brought this up. So he David Taylor had a uh, interview. They asked him about the 
the impact Casey Cunningham has, you know, on, on working with him. And one of the things that he talked about is Casey Cunningham said no go-behinds. So like the go-behind that we're talking about there, he said, you know, I don't know the number, but let's just say nine out of 10 times, go-behinds, it's just a lack of effort. You know, you're just not moving your feet. You know, you're not following. You just didn't put in the effort. So that was Casey Cunningham's big lesson to David Taylor that had a huge impact on him. So Casey Cunningham hit David Taylor with some truth over the last 10 years at Penn State. And um, obviously he took it pretty well. He responded well and, you know, he's able to do what he did. So no go behinds. That's usually a lack of effort. That bit me, and I'll speak for myself, that bit me my first round of the state tournament, coming off my first region championship as a junior, first round of the states, and battle of the match, going after him. It comes down to overtime. I'm attacking the whole time. We get by the out-of-bounds. And for whatever reason, I just watched the video a few weeks ago, and it's like, I don't normally like to watch that. It's, you know, tough, especially those painful losses. But nonetheless, watched it, and by the out-of-bounds, just basically stopped while I was underneath him. And a very anticlimactic spin around, <laughs> a match that's just a battle the whole time, and it's a quick spin around. So it is effort. I fully blame myself. Get off your knees, move your body, do something. Don't just hang out. Um, Curiously, in the, in the second match of the trilogy, there was four stall calls in 23 seconds. That's how Gene lost. Gene won the last match of the trilogy, but the second one, four, four stall calls in 23 seconds. It actually happened in wrestling. Um, but anyway, we're not bitter about that anymore. Now, if we've, Tam we've Tamira Mensa-Stock buys her mom a food truck with the proceeds from winning an Olympic gold medal. How about that? You know, there's nothing not to love about this woman. She praised, she, number one, she praised God. Number two, she praised country. And now she's and, and doing great things with the money that she got for, for, for her mom. I mean, and you could just see just a very genuine person, just really herself, like very, I guess with her, when I look at her, very comfortable in her skin and very much in the moment. Like, you know, it's, it's funny to watch people sometimes who are very in the moment and just kind of not, not shooting from the hip because I don't want to put it that way, but they're just in the moment. Like I think of, I think of our uncle Ernie and our, and our grandpa, <laughs> they just, they're just talking off the top of their head. It's like sometimes real anger, sometimes just tears and it just happens, but there's something endearing about that and something that you look at yourself and say, man, I, I should be more like that rather than sometimes a little too calculated. Ge genuine and true emotion. And I think they like, like I'll go, I'll look at our, our uncle who we said is similar. It's like true emotion where it's like, he doesn't go in intending to give a speech where it's going to make him cry or he's going to yell, but but you do just because of the true emotion. I was actually just at a board meeting with, for our town this week, and somebody had the same thing. He's like, he's like, but listen, he's a guy, you know, he's talking about the the mask mandate now, and he was impassioned, and he doesn't want that to happen with with our children, nor nor do I. But anyway, the guy went up there and he was saying, I'm I'm not going to get basically I'm not going to get mad, and I'm sure in his mind he really wasn't going to. But then 30 seconds later, he's He's hitting the, you know, he's hitting the podium and he's, you know, he's looking over at the board. He's looking over at the, at the mayor and, and not to be a jerk, but it was just, you know, it was, it was from the heart and you, you can appreciate that. Was, was he a fellow Paisan? Was he Italian also like us? I think so. I believe so. Well, well, maybe, maybe, maybe Mensa stock, maybe it's Mensonetti. Maybe she's half Italian also. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> our, our, our sponsor of the show, Retail Retold, Chris Ressa. We were, just tell we were just talking about this. This podcast that I was on, uh, we'll let him know that he's sponsoring the show afterwards. <laughs> That's right. We'll pick up some payment from him. But check out his his information. It's great stuff. And he was a, he was a mentor, older brother type uh, figure for me at Rutgers. It's actually in the background. I wasn't planning on going into all this, but I happened to wear the shirt. The Rutgers wrestling um, thing back there. Yeah, he's, he's on there. 
184-pound national qualifier. That's right. Shout out to Chris Russa. Follow him on LinkedIn. He's got awesome stuff on there, too. But um, we, we talked about Gable Stevenson. We got to talk about his future career, the update. What is he? Is he going to UFC? Is he going to WWE? Is he going to play for the Buffalo Bills? Um, this guy, it seems like he could do whatever he wants. Is he going to win a world championship this later this fall? What's what's going on? I I mean, I, I think he'll at least take a trip out to the nickel and see what they're saying to him. The um, Buffalo, <laughs> of course, um, probably get out there. You know, Daniel Cormier said he should go. He should go pro wrestling. And then get and then go UFC. So I got the quote. I got the quote. Daniel Cormier said, "If I'm Gable Stevenson, I'm going to WWE first. I'm taking the Brock Lesnar approach. I'm getting built as a monster and coming into UFC, where I'm immediately at the top of the cards and getting pay-per-view money. That makes a lot of sense." He's gonna. I mean, talk about one heck of an athlete, but he, he's he's got to get a little more jacked for that. He's got to get a little more ripped. And um, and he could and he could do obviously if anyone could do it it seems like sky's the limit for this guy who could play pro football or I mean you know who knows maybe maybe he's giving um who's who's the guy not Flex Wheeler the guy um Dexter the the Blade Jacks maybe he's going for Mr Olympia one day but he's um he's got a bright future Brock, Brock Lesnar is still a lot bigger but he you know he's still only 21 so like it, it's going to take some time to put on that real mass if 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 he wants to do that anyway but he's. He's a guy who's he's calling the shots. It's exciting to follow his uh, his Instagram and his his Twitter nowadays to see what what's his what's his next move. You, you called it after the season. You said, "I know what I'm saying here, but I think he could win it all." That's right. I don't know how many people called that right out of right out of college. Uh, there's there were you know quite a few, but um, all right, we got Sarah Hildebrandt. So this was this made it pretty big on on Twitter this week. She posted a journal entry she wrote. So first of all, I remember Gene did a podcast with Terry Brands. This is a few years ago. Um, remember that? Who who ran that show? What was the name of that show? Yeah, with, with John McGovern and also um, uh, Sa- Sa- not Sammy Henson. Not Sammy Henson. A, a tough guy like him. Joe Warren. Dennis Hall. Dennis Hall. Dennis Hall. Yeah, yeah. Right. three intense people, right? <laughs> they are. Right. Yeah, I would kind of pair them together. But on that podcast, Terry Brand said. We talked about journaling and writing things down. And Terry Brand said, he's like, there's no question about it. The best wrestlers are journaling. So Sarah Hildebrandt, one of the best wrestlers, you know, bronze medalist. Obviously, she could have been a gold medalist this year. She's journaling. And she she actually posted. It takes some, you know, she's takes some humility to be vulnerable like that and post your journal entry. So her last journal entry before, I don't know if it was her last uh, journal entry, but July 28th, 2021, she posted this public on Twitter, so hopefully she doesn't mind us talking about it a little bit. But I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read a couple things that she said, and then you know we'll talk about that. So I'm excited to head that way, but glad I have a few extra days up here in the mountains with my established routine. I know once I get to Tokyo, I'm gonna elevate every emotion even more. I'm ready for it. I'm excited. I'm so excited to do this, and by this I mean wrestle, to go out there and just give it my all. That is what I'm excited for. So that's mindset principle number one. You know, doesn't sound like a nerves as much as it is just genuine excitement and, and gratitude to wrestle. She was taking mindset real serious. I remember even when I was over there at the Olympic Training Center, she was she was there, um, if I recall correctly, front and center, and you know, saying really good words about everything when um, me and Mike Moore were out there at the training center. So she was thinking about her mindset. That was something that was important to her, which. You know, with any kind of group you have, there's always a mixed bag. There's always some people who are just 
pulling it off. Yeah, I don't need this. And then there's some people who are really dialed in. Well, you could see she's a person who is who is really di dialed in and has been for quite some time now. I should mention, too, we worked with her brother at Central Michigan, right? We worked with their team for a number of years. So that's probably something that, you know, he's been a part of that, at least at the team level for for several years at, at Central Michigan. But to prove it, I'll read the next line. Today, I met with one of my sports psychologists, one of them, which means she's working with multiple people on her mindset. And he said to commit to the way I want to ex the experience to be. What do I want it to be? I want it to be fun. Think of back to Kale Sanderson and all the guys from Penn State and, and Adeline Gray and Tamir Stucko, the, the entire team. I want to be proud of the effort that I give. And that's just such a it's such a, a theme for USA wrestling now. I think you look at the people that wrestled in the Olympics and they just not that they didn't always love to compete, but now they're talking about it much more openly. You know how they're having fun. It's not a taboo anymore. You can have fun and wrestle. It doesn't just have to be a, you know, I put on a, a mean mug face and wrestle. You can enjoy doing it. Right. Sorry. Right. The interviews are great because that's, that's where you learn. Our dad was real big on that. After the, after the games or any kind of competition that we'd watch, whether it be the World Series, Olympics, we'd start talking and everything, figure the game's over. And he'd say, shh, listen, listen. And, and that's where we learned a lot of it. I, you know, I'd say our mindset was, yeah, sure, my sports psychology background in school. Uh, you know, obviously Tony Robbins, Dr. Gilbert Success Hotline, at our own personal experience competing at a high level, but also listening to the interviews of great athletes. You get an, a glimpse into their mindset. That's right. All right, another quote here in her journal entry. I know I want to win, but I don't want winning to be defined by one obvious definition. I want winning to morph into something that isn't only possible from an analytical definition, for it to become something more entirely unique to me. I want winning to be a process, to be emotions and effort and gratitude and family and teammates. I want it to be the best version of myself. So it's just, she's redefining winning and losing, right? It's not just about, do I get my hand raised? And that's one of the, one of the lessons that we talk about in our program. We actually have our athletes in, I'll, I'll pull it up in a second, but how do you really define winning? How do you define losing? Because it can't just be, I got my hand raised or not, or that, that'll only go so far. So she's looking at it as a process. We I'll pull it up. We literally did this. I, I literally did this exercise like two days ago with one of the businesses we're working with, DMD, Adam Derengowski, who beat Louis Roselli. And who did he beat in that tournament? Well, he's the only guy to beat Sammy Henson twice. We work with his business. He beat Sammy Henson. He beat Lou Roselli. Man, he had a heck of a tournament. Um, Eric Aiken? Yeah. Third in the NCAA, third in the NCAA's. Well, we work with his business now, training his sales team, and uh, that's that's exactly what we worked on. They love the exercise, so it's it's amazing how these how these lessons go every bit as well for the people in the Olympics and the people who are chasing million dollar accounts. Yep, yep. New here, here we go. What what number is it? Redefining success and failure. Do you remember? Yep. On the old wrestling mindset worksheets. I was looking at the sales curriculum, so it could be. A, it, it's probably something different on the sales versus the, the wrestling. Yeah. Different sports, different topics. So well, let's say it's somewhere in the curriculum here. It's motivation. It's under motivation. All right, I'm going to pull it up. So under motivation, they're writing down their definition of success and failure. And that's exactly what Sarah Hildebrand is talking about. It's not just, you know, I win a gold medal. I win a bronze medal. It's It's got to be beyond that. How do you actually define winning? And she talks about it. Gratitude, effort, you know, um, the process. Yeah. Give, give, give the lesson here a little bit. And the lesson, the lesson here would be, so 
we have these mental links that we form in our life over time. Partially what we've picked up from our family, our friends, our environment, our social media, all that kind of stuff. Here's, here it is right there for people who could see. So basically, if, if you ask anyone how they did in a competition, they're going to tell you what they placed in the tournament, if they won or if they lost, what their record was, what the score was, all outcome. And what we say is redefine success and failure in terms of the predator mindset, right, which is factors in your control, your preparation, your lifestyle, your effort, your attitude, aggressiveness. Redefine success and failure in terms of that because you have direct control over it rather than making success and failure all about the outcome. And that's what Sarah Hildebrand's saying right there. So this would be a lesson to develop that, which he's done over time. Yep. And then we also do the same thing. Exercise two of that same lesson is what is your view on mistakes and errors? Right. We talked about that a little bit before. It's like, oh, I made a mistake. We shouldn't have tagged this guy on LinkedIn. Maybe he shouldn't have shot that second low single. But how do you how do you actually, you know, define mistakes? Right. That's why I'm looking at Gene's mindset principles over there. Mine are on this side. You can't see them. I mindset principle three, I have no fear of losing or making mistakes. There's just no growth without that mentality. Yeah, and, and a lot of times these pithy phrases or sayings, they they really help for these kind of things. Like there's no losses, only learned lessons, no failure, only feedback. If you're not making mistakes, you're not making much of anything. Like sometimes those those short phrases go a long way, especially if you're someone like me who gets distracted very easily. Just a, just a short phrase to kind of that you could kind of hang your hat on. Like, yep. you know, there, there is there is a lot more that goes into it. There's a lot of deeper level um, psychology and philosophy behind it. But sometimes you need something quick. You have that word or phrase right there. OK, last topic. We're closing in on a half hour. The Predator Mindset book. I thought it was pretty cool this week. So we were on a call with Mass Mutual, um, one of the other calls with Mass Mutual. And two of the um, two of the managing partners on the call, they pulled up our book. So it's pretty cool to see that the, the Predator Mindset book, not only is it used in wrestling, not only is it used in other sports, but there's salespeople that are not only reading it, they're passing it on to their team and they're applying that lesson and, you know, hopefully growing their business because of it. Just a great analogy when you think about it. It's rather than rather than just kind of saying focus on the controllables, don't focus on the uncontrollables, the more more vivid the imagery is, the better. So we're gonna have to have a we're gonna have to have a 2.0 version of the predator mindset after we found out we we learned about the success rate ratio of of lions versus cheetahs versus all these different animals. So there's a whole other layer we could bring it to. But yeah, this this book represents great information. We're gonna be certifying mindset coaches coming in September. You're gonna want to stay tuned to that. Definitely get the book because the book has ten of our best lessons. But I'm gonna personally anyone who does our certification. This wasn't meant to be a testimonial. For that. We'll talk about this more later, but I'm going to take you through those 10 lessons and how you would take a kid through those 10 lessons. But it's just awesome. Yeah, stay tuned. We're going to start. We don't have a date for that yet, but it's coming soon. Probably in September, or early October, we're going to do a certification for wrestling and winning mindset coaches. Stay tuned um, and, and get the book for sure. There's another guy I actually just wrote on LinkedIn. He's like from Stryker, one of the top um, medical device companies in the world if not the number one company. And, and, you know, it's just like, I read your book, I'm applying it. It's helping me as a sales rep. It's helping me personally. So professionally, personally, and in sports, you know, it's something that can make a big difference. Yeah, Get the book. We'll, we'll put the, we'll put the link below for sure. And it's, yeah. and it's short. So it's something you will be able to knock out in, in like two days, as opposed to sometimes, you know, I thought about, do I write the great American novel? It's like, well, no, let's just, let's just pump something up out there that people could digest in one or two days and start implementing. So 
Make sure you right. Let's finish it with a quote. What do we got? The team that makes the most mistakes usually wins. The athlete who makes the most mistakes usually wins. That's from John Wood, and he, and he didn't want his team to make mistakes, but he understood that if you're not making mistakes, you're not making much of anything. Maybe that's the quote at the end. But it's all right. behind going after it and going for it, not, not holding back, pulling the trigger, error on the side of being gutsy. And don't count the days, make the days count. <laughs> all right, let's finish it with, as always, mindset makes the difference. Take care. See you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.